God's nature is revealed to us through his covenant names. God revealed himself through these names, expressing his oath and his promise, stating who he is and what he will do. God swore by himself and he gave his word. We must worship him and believe him for who he said he is. All right, let's stand to our feet, make our declaration, and then we'll spend time uh, in God's word together this morning. Let's hold our Bibles high up in the air. Say this out loud, bold, and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May be seated, please. This morning, we're going to pick up from where we uh, left off last Sunday. We are just going to talk about uh, God's covenant names. Uh, Last Sunday, uh, we reviewed four of the covenant names of God. And uh, as we mentioned last Sunday, these are not new to us. Uh, Many of us are very familiar with God's covenant names. We know these. Uh, You may have this on your walls or, you know, all those things are in uh, bookmarks or various things. You find these covenant names. And so these are not new, but it's good just to go back and look at these names and, and just reflect on who God said he is. Knowing God, knowing who God is, is so important. It's the basis of faith. Faith is based on who you know God is. You cannot have faith beyond your knowledge of God. Amen? Because if you don't know who God is, how are you going to have faith? So it's important to know Him, to know who He is. And, and faith is really based on knowing who God is. You know Him, therefore you trust Him. Therefore we have faith in Him. Knowing God also empowers us to step out and do great things. The Bible says the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Right? Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The people who know their God will be strong. Because you know who God is, you're willing to step out, you're willing to take risks. Really, it's not a risk because if you have such a big God, I mean, the odds are nowhere against you because God's on your side. So, you know. Uh, but anyway, when you know who God is, you're unafraid. You can step out and do whatever God's called you to do. Because you know who God is. The people who know their God will be strong. I remember this is a long time ago. Ronald is, Ronald is sitting back up there. 
I forget the year. I think it was 2002 or 3. Ronald and I went into Afghanistan. It was like, man, this is crazy. You know, we were a tiny little church. Hardly had any people. But we said, you know, God's called us to be a voice to the nations, you know. I we were just exploring, but uh but we we did it more like a business thing. It really wasn't uh, a church thing, but it was more of a business thing. But the intent was let's go see if we can plant a church. I remember it was just a time when the Taliban had come and there's all these things breaking out. But we went. So, man, you must be cast must be crazy, you know. Yeah. But we knew our gods. We're not afraid. And I remember walking through the streets of Kabul and everywhere we could see the walls broken, destroyed because of fighting, gunshots here, there, everywhere. I mean, just like hardly any place uh, where it wasn't affected by the fighting that's going on. And uh, but we went with the intent, uh, uh, more on a business side, but with the intent of planting or seeing what we can do in terms of ministry. The point I want to emphasize is we went at that time unafraid because we knew our god god is with us he'll protect us he'll keep us if he come if he tells us to go on something he's with us we don't have to be afraid amen and like i said shared a little maybe last month we've come back we've come actually into the right time the season that god is saying i want you to prepare to go to the nation start getting ready and this time it's not just going to be the past that you go you know not that kind of a thing It's going to be us as a church going. Are you ready? Come on guys. Are you ready? So we may say, you know, look, we're going to on a mission trip not to Siliguri but to you know, some eastern Europe country. Let's go. See about pastor they're all fighting over there. <laughs> look, if God's moving on us to do something, we go because we know our the people who know their god will be strong and do exploits they won't be afraid to step out they won't be afraid to uh, do the things god's calling them to do the people who know their god will be strong and do exploits but knowing god also brings you into a place of quietness and peace like the bible says in psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that i am So sometimes there could be all kinds of things raging around you. You know the cat is acting up, the dog is barking. You know everything is chaotic around you. And in the middle of all that, I mean you think like a dog and cat is okay. Let's you know maybe the boss is shouting, your your direct reports are not doing their work, the deadlines are not being met and the sales is not happening and and I could be just crazy. But in the middle of all that, you're still and you know that he is god be still and know that i am god so that that knowledge of god gives you this sense of quietness and peace even in the midst of the greatest turmoil that could be happening it's like we sing that song a uh, still right um when the oceans rise and thunders roar I will be still and know that you are God. See knowing God can bring you into this place of 
quiet, confident assurance, even when things all around you are not quiet. So it's so important for us to know our God. So important to know who He is. Personally, to know this is who my God is. I know Him for who He is. You know, and, and we're not talking about religion. You know, religion, you can go and do something and have no personal knowledge of God. But I'm talking about when you know who God is, it can propel you into great action. It can also bring you into a place of great peace. And you know who He is. So last Sunday, we just, just picked out a few of these covenant names. Uh, we Just to quickly review, we said Jehovah really is a composite word that talks about three, at least three major aspects of God. Jehovah, uh, first of all, talks about the fact that God is eternal and He's self-existent. He is without beginning. He's without ends. He's eternal. Always is. Jehovah talks about God being the sovereign one. Absolute Lord. And Jehovah also talks about God being the self-revealing one. So when we say Jehovah, we are talking about the eternal, self-existent, sovereign God who reveals himself. That's Jehovah. And what we said was throughout scripture, God progressively revealed himself. And one of the ways he revealed himself was through these covenant names. Suddenly people will understand certain aspect of God and they will say, oh, God is this. It was a revelation. God revealing a certain aspect of himself. So we talked about Jehovah, Jireh, the Lord our provider. We talked about Jehovah, Rapha, the Lord our healer. Jehovah, Nisi, the Lord our banner, the one who gives us victory. In any situation, every situation. And we talked about Jehovah, Mikadishkim, the Lord our sanctifier, the one who makes us holy for himself. So this is who our God is. Amen? Now remember, when God reveals himself, we call them Jehovah titles or covenant names because God is not only revealing who he is, but through these names, he's also revealing who he intends to be in our lives, personally. He says, this is what I want to be in your life. I want to be your Jehovah Rapha. I want to be your Jehovah Jireh. I want to be your Jehovah Nisi. I want to be your Jehovah Make a dish come the Lord who sanctifies you, makes you holy. I want to be this in your life. That's what he means when he says, when he reveals himself by these names. This morning, we're just going to look at another four. And again, these are not... Uh, new per se, but just good to go back and reflect and then say, God, this is who you said you are to me. And this morning I worship you for who you are. I believe in you for who you say you are. The first name we'll pick up this morning is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. Now this name and how it was revealed, you find this in the sixth chapter of the book of Judges, Judges chapter 6. And, uh, you know, the, the story in verses 1 to 24, we'll just review. The book of Judges was written, actually contains a 400-year period 
from the time after Joshua. So Moses, Joshua, they came into the promised land, Canaan. They were settled there. They conquered many of their enemies and they settled in there. After Joshua passed away, from the t and from then on till Samuel, the prophet Samuel came, was about a 400-year period which the book of Judges contains for us. And uh, during this 400-year period, Israel went through cycles of sin, repentance, victory. Sin brought them into oppression. They repented. Some leader came, called them back to God, led them into a big place of victory. Then they went back into sin. And they go back in the cycles over and over again. So during this time, in Judges chapter 6, we have this situation where Israel is being oppressed by one of their neighboring tribes, the Midianites. They are oppressing them. They are dominating them. Robbing them of, of things that belong to them. And so here in chapter 6, you have a man named Gideon. And you find him threshing wheat in the wine press. Meaning he is using the wine press to gather a little bit of the wheat just to save enough for himself and his family. Uh, just describing to us this survival mode in which he and Israel were in at that time. And right at that moment, while he's just going about his you know, daily routine of just making it through. By getting up every evening at 6 o'clock, being picked up by the cab. Going off to this call center and answering all these calls half asleep. <laughs> and then comes back in the morning at, you know, at 4 a.m., goes to sleep, and he's just like surviving through life. I'm not, I'm not making fun of that, but you know, just going through the motion, all these things. Okay, please don't get offended if you're working. Uh, but right in the middle of his mundane thing and just trying to survive through life, in Judges 6, the angel of God appears to him and says, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, O man of valor. So Gideon says, man, you got the wrong address. This is not the address God sent you to, you know. It's maybe down there somewhere, you know. So Gideon can't take it. The fact that the angel of the Lord is appearing to him and saying, you are a mighty warrior. Where all he could think of was survival, just making it through. So he engages in this conversation and uh, eventually says, okay, if you're the angel of the Lord, I just wait here. I'm going to go get an offering. And, and so he prepares a lamb as an offering. He brings it. Uh, he puts it on the rock where he is going to offer it as a burnt offering to God. And when he does that, the angel of the Lord says, wait, I'll provide the fire. So God always works that way. When we bring the offering, he provides the fire. The fire is God's sign of acceptance. It's his presence that comes. That, that's, his presence is what makes the offering worthwhile. And so the Bible says, Fire comes out of the rock and consumes the offering. And the angel of God ascends up and Gideon knows, hey, this is really God. I have seen God. And in chapter 6 and verse 23, it says Gideon was filled with fear. Because at that moment, he suddenly realizes, I've encountered God. And in his understanding, if you see God, you're going to die. And he's filled with fear and all of that. And I don't know exactly what was going through his mind. 
but there was so much fear that now God speaks to him and says, peace. And when God speaks peace, in his heart, a revelation is birth. My God is Jehovah Shalom. The God who brings peace in the midst of my fears. So he receives a revelation of who God is. That God is Jehovah Shalom. The God of peace. It's important for us to understand that when God revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom to Gideon, it was not only for Gideon, but that revelation was intended for all of God's people. Because through Gideon, God established peace in all of that land. They were able to overthrow the enemies. You read the rest of the story. They were able to overthrow the enemies and establish peace. So here's the important thing. When God gives you a revelation of who he is, it's not intended just for you, but it's for all those who are attached to you. Amen? Here's also the other important thing. You cannot reveal any aspect of God to others that you personally have not received yourself. Amen? When you receive a personal revelation of who God is, this is who my God is, then you can reveal that aspect of God to others. Hey, this is who God is. Amen? So every revelation that God gives to you about himself is intended not only for you, but also for those who are attached to your life. That's what happened in Gideon. When he understood that God is Jehovah, Shalom, he was able to rise up. As a mighty warrior into his calling, into his destiny to bring shalom to the land during his time. That's what happened. Everything Jehovah God revealed himself to be, Jesus embodied for us. Like we said last Sunday, he is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1.3 says he is the express image, the exact representation of the invisible God. So that's why you find Jesus. When he walked the earth, he said, the Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. And he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Meaning I'm giving you a peace that the world can't give. It's not the world's kind of peace. My peace. Not as the world gives. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have all these things happening in this world. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You'll have my peace. So you and I, as God's people, we're not promised a life without storms. But we're promised peace in the midst of every storm. Amen? We are promised Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, in the midst of every storm. Doesn't matter what goes on around us. We have the opportunity to know Him as our peace. Amen? Now, it's very important that when you can walk in peace, 
you can conquer every storm that's around you. Amen? See, some of us, if the storm around us is at 99 degrees centigrade, we're already at 101. You know, we are more agitated than the storm. Listen, if you get agitated, you're not going to be able to conquer your storms. But when you walk in the peace of God, that's what empowers you to conquer the storms around you. Amen? And you and I know that story of that, that incident of Jesus in the middle of the storm. Right? He was in the boat and he was asleep. All his disciples. I mean, they were in church, but they were very agitated. I mean, they were around Jesus, but they, were, they lost him. Out of control. Lord, don't you care? We're sinking. I mean, go, what, what's going on? They lost control. But there was Jesus, calm. And who calmed the storm? The one who slept in the storm. Amen? I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, every storm that you can sleep in, you can conquer. Amen? So learn to walk in peace. Because he is Jehovah Shalom. The Bible says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. His mind that stayed on you. Isaiah, Isaiah 26 verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. His mind that stayed on so we need to keep our mind on Jehovah. Shalom. He's our prince of peace. And that's how we conquer. The next name we're going to look at is Jehovah Rohi. The Lord our shepherd. And we all know this. Psalm 23. David penned this psalm. Most likely. We don't know exactly. But most likely it was penned during, it was penned during the time when David had become king and he established the tabernacle worship. So uh, David became king about, I think when he was about 40 years of age of all Israel. And uh, at that time, he established his tabernacle worship, this continuous 24-7 worship for 33 years that went on. And it was during that time of the tabernacle worship that most of the Psalms, if not all of the Psalms, were written. So it's very likely David wrote this song at that time but it's also very likely that David received the understanding or the revelation that the Lord is his shepherd way back as a teenage boy when he was taking care of his father's sheep. So as a little boy, his brothers had been sent off to the army and his dad said, boy, you go take care of the sheep. And so there he was every morning, he would take his sheep out. Father sheep, take him out for the, to graze and bring them back in. There were times he had to, you know, protect the sheep from the lions and the bear and, and all those things. And, and David would, and I'm sure he, he was a good shepherd. He did his job well. He was very tender. He was very, uh, you know, he took good care of the sheep. In the process of doing all of that, he received an understanding. Hey, if I am so good to my sheep, I'm sure. God is really, really, really good to his sheep. And so he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. God's my shepherd. Do you know God 
as your shepherd, as the shepherd of your soul? Or are you like, man, I'm lost. I'm wandering here and there. I have no direction. I don't know where to go. Or do you know him as the shepherd of your soul? Do you know him as a shepherd of your soul? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He said, hey, every day I take my sheep. I find the best pastures for them to go into. I take them by those waters to make sure they have water to drink. If I can do that, then would not God make sure that I will not be in? So he said, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. God will never leave me. In that state of wants. He will lead me. He leads me. Beside those still waters. He leads me to those green pastures. He restores my soul. So God's my shepherd. Amen. It says. Yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of. Man, even if I go through those times where, you know, those, those prowling creatures, those lions and bears may be very close, waiting to pounce on me, I will fear no evil because the shepherd's with me. His rod and his staff, they will comfort me. They will ensure, they will guarantee my assurance that I'm well protected even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of then he said this amazing thing. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my. When you see your enemies, quickly look for the table. Because he prepares a table for you in the presence of your. When your enemies come around you, say, guys, you do what you want. I'm going to the table. Because my God's got a feast for me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs. He said, God's the shepherd of my soul. In Psalm, the psalmist said, We are the sheep of his we are the sheep, his sheep. First Peter 2, Peter writes, you've come back to the bishop and shepherd of your souls. That is Jesus Christ. Jesus came, he said, I am the good. Say, I want to be a shepherd. God's the shepherd of your soul, shepherd of your life. Let's sing this together. And I want you just to, just really mean it, saying, God, you are Jehovah Rohi. You are the Lord, my shepherd. I will not want, I will not fear God. Even if there are enemies, oh God, I thank you, you prepare a table for me. I will have a feast, even when there are enemies waiting to pounce on me. I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm going to dine with you. I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to enjoy your favor and your blessing. Let's sing this song together. Let's just worship the Lord. Shepherd of my soul. I give you full control Wherever you may lead I will fall 
choice to listen to your voice wherever you may lead I will go shepherd of my soul shepherd of my soul I give you full control wherever you may I made the choice to listen to your voice wherever you may lead I will go be it in a quiet pasture or by a gentle stream the shepherd of my soul is by my side. Should I face a mighty mountain or a valley dark and deep, the shepherd of my soul will be my guide. Shepherd of my soul. Give you full control wherever you may lead. I will follow, and I have made the choice to listen to your voice wherever you may lead. I will go. Just pray right now. Would you just pray right now and say, Jesus, you are the shepherd of my soul. I am a sheep in your hands. You are the good shepherds. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. If there's anyone here this morning and you feel like you've wandered away from the path, like a little lamb that wanders away from the folds, Right now, would you just pray and say, Jesus, I come back to you. And I ask you once again to shepherd my soul, to shepherd my life. There might be someone here this morning and you feel like a lamb that's wandered away. But not only have you wandered away, but you you find that you've been caught in a thicket. It's like that story that Jesus said about the shepherd, the good shepherd who leaves the 99 and he goes looking for that one sheep and he, he, he discovers that, that that sheep is actually caught in a thicket. It's caught in a bush and can't escape, can't come out. It's trapped with all kinds of thorns and things around it. But this shepherd comes to its rescue. He pulls it out of that thicket. He pulls it out of that bush and And all those things that trap it. And he anoints its wounds with oil. And he takes it back safely to the sheepfold. And there might be some here this morning. And you say, you know, that's exactly how I feel. I'm caught, trapped. But you know, there's a good shepherd. 
And he's coming looking for you. And if you will just say, Jesus, help me. Because I'm like this lamb that's caught in the bush. I'm trapped. I can't find a way of escape. Could you help me, Jesus? I'll hurt myself. I'll bruise myself. And I, and here I am. Would you help me? He is the good shepherd. He'll do it. He'll do it. And I believe he's doing it right now as you pray. He's doing it for you right now. Right now. There's some of you that you could experience the warmth of his love. The tender touch of his hand upon you. You could feel it right now. He's doing it for you. He's, he's pulling you out of that place where you find yourself trapped. He's taking you back to the sheepfold. He's doing it right now. He is your shepherd, the shepherd of our souls. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. The next name we're going to look at is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. This is real to us in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5 and 6, and again repeated in Jeremiah 33, 15 and 16. It's very interesting when this name is revealed to the people of God. Israel at this time is in a very bad spiritual state. They are backslidden. And uh, here is the prophet Jeremiah. And many of you know that most of his prophecies was about trying to call the people of Israel back and warn them, judgment is coming, judgment is coming, and, and you're going to be taken away captives, and all that. It's just, just a, a, a warning, warning, warning to the people about the impending judgment. And in the middle of all that, Jeremiah speaks and says, he's prophesying now, and he prophesies and says, hey, I will bring forth the root of David. I will bring forth a descendant of David. And his name will be called Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. So to a people who are in sin, backslidden, away from God, doing all these wrong things, he brings hope. And he says, the Lord is our the Lord is our righteousness. And he repeats the same prophecy in 33, chapter 33, verse 15, 16. The Lord is our righteousness. It's so beautiful. When about Jesus, when Jesus comes, he dies for us on the cross and he's buried, he raised, he's, he's risen and ascends to heaven. And Paul writes this revelation. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul writes, But of him are we in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Meaning Jesus is made unto us righteousness. This is a powerful truth. That the Lord is our righteousness. That means, it is true that As a man, I am a sinner. I am sinful. But it doesn't stop there. 
But God in whom I believe, he has declared that he is my righteousness. He is your righteousness. It means that we no longer need to walk in a sense of guilt and shame and condemnation and a feeling of inferiority and worthlessness. That is gone because now God says, I am your righteousness. So when you and I approach God, we can approach him. As the Bible says, we have access with confidence. Or we can approach him Boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace. That means we don't approach God saying, God, I, I, I'm so unworthy, I'm so unfit, I can't do anything. Listen, that's the past. Now God has declared he is your righteousness. So you go before God boldly as a son and as a daughter, not as a fearful, cringing slave. Romans 8, and I think it's verse 15, says, God, we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And therefore, God does not want us to behave like fearful, cringing slaves. He doesn't want us to behave like that. But he wants us to behave like true sons and daughters. So why do we have access into the presence of God? Why do we have confidence in the presence of God? Because the Lord is our... See, the devil likes to keep all of us in a place of condemnation. You know, you're about to pray and, and, and you're about to pray and the moment you're about to pray, the, devil, the thought comes, who do you think you are? You're not pastor. So you can't pray. Keep quiet. Or you're about to pray and the devil reminds you, hey, yesterday you kicked the cat, you chased the dog, slammed the door, Whatever. He reminds you of all those things and puts that big sense of condemnation, guilt, and shame, and unworthiness. But that's his job, right? Revelation 12 calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the saints, the accuser of the brethren. He's there just to accuse, to put this, constantly put these thoughts of condemnation, accusation. Make us feel worthless. Point the finger all the time. That's the devil's job. But that's when we need to know. God is my righteousness. Anyway, I cannot approach God with any righteousness of my own. Because my best actions are like filthy rags. So no point. So all I need to do is to embrace this truth that God is my Jesus. He is all my righteousness. So when I go to worship God, when I go to pray, or, or you know, you're going to go about to pray for a sick person. You're going to lay your hand, the devil comes, hey, you can't heal yourself of a cold and here you're praying for a cancer. Those thoughts that make you feel unfit, we all experience that. But that's the devil's job, to, uh, to accuse us, to make us feel worthless. That's when you say, the Lord is my, I'm doing this not because I'm great. I'm doing this because he is my right. He's covering me. He's clothing me with his own righteousness. He has made me worthy to pray, to worship. To do whatever he's called me to do. He's saying, I'm making you fit to do this. Go do it. I am your righteousness. Go do it. Not based on your merit or my merit. No, no. We didn't achieve. He is my righteousness. So I'm going to go forward. Do this. Amen. Pastor Jakes is going to lead us in this wonderful song. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in him. And worship him. 
And let's just sing it just declaring who our God is. Can we do that? I thank God we come from Methodist backgrounds. <laughs> I was just joking. You know all these old songs, you know. Let's sing it together. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. Oh, yes. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Christ, my Lord. Worship Him, Jesus Christ. My Lord, He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. Righteousness, I stand complete in Him and worship Christ, my Lord. Worship Him, Jesus Christ, my Lord. You know, when the devil remind, when the devil reminds you of your past, when the devil reminds you of your failures, you've got this song to sing. And the devil reminds you of all your mistakes, of all your flaws. And the devil reminds you of all your unworthiness. You just need to remember that God said, I am your righteousness. I am your righteousness. He is your righteousness. So from now on, You determine that you will not put yourself, neither will you allow yourself to come under a cloud of condemnation and guilt and shame and a feeling of unworthiness or of, or, or of being rejected or unaccepted by God. No, no, no. From now on, you know that you are clothed with His righteousness. You've been made fit to stand before Him, made fit to stand before His people, and made fit to stand against the devil. You are clothed with His righteousness. Because He said, I am the Lord, your righteousness. I'm the one who makes you worthy. I'm the one who makes you fit to stand in my presence, to stand before my people, and to stand against the enemy. We're going to sing it one more time. And as we sing it, I want you to just reject all those things that would bring you under a condemnation. Your past sins, your past failures, your flaws. You declare it with boldness and say, none of that is going to keep me 
with this sense of condemnation because there is no condemnation. My God is my righteousness. He is all my righteousness. We'll sing it again. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in Him and worship Christ my Lord. Worship Him, Jesus Christ my Lord. Oh, I worship Him, so I worship Him, Jesus Christ. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. The last name that we're going to look at this morning is Jehovah Shammah. This is this name is revealed in in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the very last chapter. 48 and verse 35, where God reveals this name, Jehovah Shammah. It's very interesting the context in which this name was revealed. The prophet Ezekiel, towards the end of that book, that's in his name, book, the book of Ezekiel, from chapter 40 onwards, he has a vision of the future temple. And so he describes that in detail. He talks about the glory of God coming back into the temple of God and so on. And uh, at the very end of all of that, the very last verse, Ezekiel 48, 35, he says, and about this temple, here's the very important thing. The Lord says, he is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. The Lord himself will be there. So he reveals this aspect of God as God being Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who desires to be present with and among his people. So who is our God? He is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord who desires to be with us. Present with us. With his people. The Lord who desires to dwell among his people. That's who our God is. He's not a God who lives somewhere beyond the millionth galaxy somewhere. And says I have nothing to do with you guys. Stay away from me. He's not that kind of a God. He's the God who says, I am Jehovah Shammah. I want to be with you. I want to dwell among you. I want to walk with you. That's our God. Amen. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Jesus came and he, he was God who became man. He said, lo, I am with you. Always. See, I am Jehovah Shammah. I will be with you always, always, always. I'll never leave you. Never forsake you. The writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he says, Because he has said, 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. We boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man will do to me. Because he said he is Jehovah Shammah, I can look at any enemy and say, I'm not afraid. He's my helper. Jehovah Shammah is with me. Amen. So do you know Jehovah Shammah? The Lord is with you. Always present. Right? So you don't have to be afraid like, man, where is God? You know, did he just disappear somewhere? No, he's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is with you. He's always with you. He never leaves you. He never abandons you. He's with you in the good times. He's with you in the bad times. He's with you when you're up on the mountaintop. He's with you when you're walking through the valley. He's always with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can boldly say, the Lord is with me. So I will not fear. The Lord's with me. I will not fear. Because I know my God. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's always present. What I want to encourage us this morning is to lay upon our hearts the importance of knowing our God. We've got to know Him for who He is. This is who my God is. This is who He is. And that's what empowers us to do great things. That's what empowers us to be still. Even in the midst of adversity, whatever is happening, you're able to be still because you know your God. Let's worship Him for who He is. Let's believe Him for who He is. Amen? Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He is Jehovah, Lord who's with us. Let's know our God. Let's worship him for who he said he is. And for all that he said, he will be to us in life. The Lord is present. He's with us. Let's just take a moment right now just to worship God as wherever you're standing. Would you just worship and thank him and say, Lord, I believe you for who you said you are. All that I've heard about you this morning, you being the Lord, my peace, you being the Lord, my shepherds, you being the Lord, my righteousness, and you being the Lord who's present with me always. I worship you for who you are, and I honor you. I honor you, God. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah God, you reign. You will never change, oh Lord, forever you're the same. Hallowed be thy name, Jehovah God, you change, oh Lord, forever you're the same, hallowed be thy name, we worship you who you are, Jehovah God, you
Before we close this morning, I just want us to do three things. First, I want us to pray for anyone here this morning who has never received the Lord Jesus Christ into his or her life. If you've never been born again, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to forgive you your sins. Now, God is infinite, and yet he desires, he chooses to have a very personal, intimate relationship with each one of us, even though we are so finite compared to him. And this is the amazing thing about God. How a finite person like you, like me, could actually have a relationship with such an infinite God. Perhaps words are insufficient to describe, but, but that's what the Bible's all about. That's why Jesus came. To make this infinite God very personal to each one of us. There's anyone here this morning, you've never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, never been born again, never asked him to give you new life and forgive your sins. And you feel it in your spirit, inside you, that I need to do this. I need to do this. All it takes is a simple prayer, a simple decision from your part. And would you pray the simple prayer with me and just say, Jesus, this morning, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to make yourself very personal to me. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to know this infinite God in a very personal way. If you pray something like that, I want to let you know you're on the beginning of your journey. The Lord's doing something in your life. You're born again. You're saved because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you know everything. You know every circumstance. You know every situation, God, in this place. Thank you that you've heard the prayers of your people, that you are ministering by your Spirit in this place. We thank you, God. We thank you. Lord, even as we go from here, may the presence of Jehovah God and all who he is overshadow our lives. And in the middle of everyday life, maybe recognize thee for who you are, Jehovah. The God who revealed himself to us. Maybe recognize you. Maybe know you. Maybe walk with you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you walk through the week, just remember God is Jehovah. He's with you. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday and a great week. See you again. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.